shocker kind of looks like a pineapple to me. Webheads, welcome to episode 39 of the Laser Comb Podcast, the weekly show where we comb through random episodes of classic TV with a fine tooth laser. I'm Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm your other host, NeoCal. Uh, this week on the Laser Comb Podcast, we are continuing on with our Spider Man themed month. And uh, as always, we put uh, the spectacular Spider Man, which ran from uh, 2008 to 2009 total of 26 episodes to spread across two seasons. We put that through the trusty old random number generator and landed on episode 22, Probable Cause. Uh, so the episode opens with uh, some villains fighting. We see the Shocker. We see a character who they call Ricochet. Um, Ricochet is but a character. Also, Fancy Dan. Ricochet is a character that I'm familiar with from the comics, and let me tell you, this guy looks nothing like the Ricochet that I know. I was kind of excited that he was going to be in uh, this episode because I'm like, "Hey, Ricochet! I can talk about Ricochet and Slingers," uh, which I'm going to yeah. do anyway. So, <laughs> back in like 1997, I think there was a crossover uh, across the four monthly Spider-Man titles, uh, The Amazing Spider-Man, The Spectacular Spider-Man, Peter Parker Spider-Man, and The Sensational Spider-Man. I've heard of that, yeah. Uh, th those were the four main ongoing Spider-Man comics at the time, and there was a crossover called Spider-Hunt, where uh, Spider-Man had been framed for kidnapping Harry Osborn and Liz, Liz Allen's son, uh, Normie. Uh, and like the, the Punisher got involved and, uh, Spider-Man, okay. Spider-Man was a wanted man. It's like a $1 million bounty on his head. So Spider-Man hung up the, uh, the old red and blue tights for a little while. And then another crossover happened called Identity Crisis, where in each of those four comics, Spider-Man took on a different identity in, uh, Peter Parker, Spider-Man, which was my favorite Spider-Man comic at the time written by Howard Mackey and drawn by John Romita Jr., the uh, son of legendary comic book artist John Romita Sr. And indeed, John Romita Jr. himself is kind of a legend in his own right at this point. In that comic, Spider-Man assumed the identity of a Dusk, which was a flying, like, all-black, like, suit with, like, wings that he got from the negative zone. Ooh... Uh, in the sensational Spider-Man, he became a character named Hornet, which uh, there there was a joke uh, in that comic where he, after he like saves some people, he gets interviewed uh, uh, by news people, and they're like, "Hornet, where are you from?" And he's like, "I'm from uh, uh, big smirk on his face. I'm from Charlotte." <laughs> <laughs> the Charlotte I understood Hornets. that reference. Yeah, yeah, right. And in uh, the spectacular Spider-Man, he assumed the identity of a character, uh, uh, the identity prodigy, which was this like yellow suit with like a cape and like silver, like metal bits on it. Uh, it was most boring looking out of all of them, even more boring than the all black suit. <laughs> uh, and in uh, the, I think in the amazing Spider-Man, he assumed the identity uh, Ricochet. 
Oh, okay. Okay. He, he didn't, uh, which it was basically a silver bodysuit. He wore a black leather jacket over it and uh, had a mask. They all had a mask, but it had a mask that covered his entire face. And he had hair like Bob from Reboot. <laughs> it was like part of the mask or the. It, it, it was part of the costume. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's kind of that's cool. Yeah, yeah. He was a cool looking character. And. Um, he didn't use webs or anything with any of these identities, He, but he still utilized uh, his powers in one way or another. Uh, I always liked uh, Ricochet. I liked the look of the character. I thought his costume was really cool. Um, yeah, I'm looking it up now. That's pretty cool. Yeah, right? So after all of that ended, because uh, that lasted for two months in the spider-man comics where he so two issues of each book where he uh wore these diff different costumes and then his name was cleared and he went back to being spider-man then uh shortly there like maybe a year later uh, marvel launched a comic book called slingers it was a superhero team that was comprised of all of those identities that have just been taken up by new people the comic was kind of infamous for uh, uh a really like the most 90s of 90s gimmicks, even like al along the veins of like uh, same vein of like chromium covers and like holofoil covers and like just different variant editions. So because there were four heroes, uh, there were four versions of the first issue and these were double sized issues. So these were already like uh, more expensive than your typical comic or versions or just like variant covers or variant covers also variant pages there were eight they were they were uh, double-sized issues so they were 48 pages eight of the pages wow. in each uh keep in mind that um the page count includes ads includes the ad pages right so right. so when they say comic books are uh, uh 32 pages uh only 22 of those are actually uh content the rest is just ads Right, they, right. they they always include the um uh the, the ads in the page count. So uh, of those forty eight pages, uh, eight of them in each uh, variant cover were actually different and told a different side of the story from the perspective of each character. It's kind of a cool okay. gimmick. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of a cool gimmick, but it drew a lot of flack as being just like a money grab. But <clears throat> yeah, I'm looking them up now and. Uh... Kind of seems pretty cool. I just like the design of um, Ricochet, like you had said. Yeah, yeah, he looks. Yeah, the yellow one is kind of forgettable, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a prodigy. Like the like Hornet looks red. Like they, they all kind of look red. They're just uh, red dudes. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so Slingers. Uh, I, I read it. Only lasted twelve issues. Uh, it turns out that they were assembled by a character named the Black Marvel, who was actually one of the uh, the. Uh, bargain bin. Uh, he appeared in the '90s Fox Kids uh, uh, Spider-Man show as one of the the bargain bin Justice Society members. One of them was the Black Marvel. So the character of the Black Marvel was the one who actually like retrieved all of these uh, identities that Spider-Man had utilized and like gave them to these like teenagers with attitudes. Hey, the Black Marvel ain't even black. Just I think a white he, dude in a black suit. I think he is actually. Maybe in later ones, because I'm looking at, at variant stuff and there's like kind of like a guy in a green. He looks like an older man, um, like an African-American man, but like white on the sides. Right. But then there's another dude who's just like like a white, clean shaven dude with. And like a, a super suit that's kind of just looks like somebody's O.C. <laughs> 
Oh. Like one of the various hero players you'd see flying around in uh, DC Universe Online. <laughs> I'm looking. I don't know if it's the OG or not, but there's just, yeah, it just looks like kind of a generic um, yellow gloves ready to do the dishes uh, kind of DC Universe Online <laughs> hero. <laughs> uh Anyway, so uh, and it turned out that uh, Mephi- he uh, Black Marvel did this because he had made some deal with Mephisto or something like I don't know. It got like really stupid. It wasn't a very good book, but it was uh, uh, something that stuck out in my head because I really liked uh, those costumes, with the exception of Prodigy. Anyway, so Ricochet in this show looks nothing like that, which kind of disappointed me. But well, here we are. Born to be kings. No, yeah, and they, they mentioned that it's just like, okay, Dan, uh, like, what's your name? And it's like, oh, you can call me Ricochet because as we find out, these uh, villains fighting each other, um, they're actually just like practicing. They're on a team. Yeah, they're they're a team of super villains. One is the Shocker, the uh, the other is Ricochet, and the other guy just calls himself Ox. And indeed, he- they were like, oh, okay, you're Shockwave. Oh, Ricochet. Okay, well, what do you want to be called? And the big guy's just like, ox. Yeah, and to, together they call themselves the Enforcers. Which I'm and like... There's like a scientist you... there. Yeah, what are you enforcing? What are you enforcing? <laughs> <laughs> um, and there's a scientist like there that's like, ah, yes, all of the suits um, are making their powers stronger. Or, d- sorry, can you help clarify something for me? Did it give them those powers? Or is it like enhancing their powers that they already had? I think it's just enhancing their powers. Okay. It's kind yeah, of the gist cool. I got of it. And then we see like uh standing off in the shadows, we see Tombstone, which I'm like yeah. I'm like and then uh indeed it jumps to uh a scene in uh Tombstone's office, I guess, and Hammerhead shows up. And apparently Tombstone's kind of a big deal in this Spider-Man universe, which I'm like, "Huh. Really? It almost seems like um he moved in on uh, sorry for video uh, watchers uh, watching me attack my face. There's some aller- too much allergies going on here. Uh, sorry, but yeah, um, I got the impression that um, Kingpin was like out of commission or in jail or something. And Tombstone oh, okay. moved in, you know, was like kind of taking power to himself because there's a, uh, who's the short guy? Um the the short henchman that he's got uh, oh the guy who comes into his office yeah uh, uh, it's not a henchman that's hammerhead he's another crime boss yeah another crime boss but presumably they're kind of working together but but tombstone's a little bit above him it it seems because um he's talking down to right to the other guy and um basically they're like oh it's all about power we need to make more supers and just let them loose yeah yeah uh yeah they mention that uh uh, tombstone is like uh well or hammerhead says like why like why are we uh why are you working why are you working with the scientist guy to create supervillains there are already a bunch of supervillains out in the world as it is we can let them let sick them on spider-man to to keep yeah, them it's busy. like more cost efficient to set the guys already out there against spider-man than like make new villains and, and tombstone's like yeah, well, these guys, if we if we create the talent ourselves, we control them. It's all about power. I thought you knew that, Hammerhead. Now get out of here. You bother me. <laughs> and uh, indeed, Hammerhead doesn't like 
doesn't like uh, Tombstone's uh, tone with him. Right. He's like, you used to under, you used to be cool, Hammerhead. Now get out of my office. Okie dokie. <laughs> Okie dokie. <laughs> From there, uh, we uh, get introduced to Spider-Man in the episode. He's swinging around. He's on his way to school. He lands uh, by a dumpster and is like trying to put on his like regular uh, civilian clothes over his Spider-Man suit. And uh, Flash Thompson like throws a football and some other guy whose name I can't remember, like goes to catch it. And he's actually like running to catch the ball. He's running toward the, the garbage can. And Peter's like, Oh shit. And so he's like trying to like hide, but he ends up falling in the garbage. But then when the, when they get the football and they leave that scene, he's underneath the dumpster. And I'm like, did you jump into the garbage can or did you hide underneath it? Either way, He's covered in garbage, and indeed, um, when he goes to class, uh, he he smells like garbage, and everybody's staying away from him. Yeah, they call him Stinky Pete. So in class, uh, we're introduced to Captain George Stacy, who's like, all right, class, uh, father of Gwen Stacy, who is in this episode. Not very much, but she's there. Uh, he's like, okay, class, you guys are going to be doing uh, ride-alongs together with uh, with some of my coppas. And Do we have to? And it's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, okay. But your partners are going to be randomized. Yeah. Dang it. And so everyone inevitably like draws names of people they don't want to be paired up with. There was this girl who I don't know who she was who wanted to get paired up with Peter, but she doesn't. Hmm. She gets ends up getting paired up with Gwen Stacy. Mary Jane? I don't know who. And there's no, a lot of characters that I have no. And I'm no, not a big comic book person. No, it's not Mary Jane. And uh, he's dating somebody. Yeah. In this, right? Yeah, I'm guessing it's this girl. I don't know Stacey? who she is though. No, it's it, it's not Gwen Stacy because this uh this girl that wanted to be paired up with Peter ends up being paired up with Gwen Stacy. Right. Uh, anyway. And then who ends up getting paired up with um, Stinky Pete? Um, it's um, someone they call Avril. That's her last name. Uh, shoot, what is her? Jumping into the... Jumping into the IMDb, see? Jumping into the IMDb, she? Who knows? Like, it's, it's there somewhere, folks. Anyways, I, I think I, they call I, her I'm... Avril. There's a lot of characters I don't know. I don't know who they are. Uh, oh, here we go. Sally Avril. Yeah. No idea who that is. Probably an original character for the show or a character that appeared in like some obscure run in like the 70s or something. Sally Avril. Um, but she's got the at least the way she speaks, uh, she's got kind of Holly Quinn vibes, and she's like, Oh man, I have to be teamed up with Smelly Pete. And that, that's just kind of how she talks. And I'm like, is this uh is this voice actor going for like a, a Harley Quinn light? Uh, kind of thing. She it, it it's like a New Yorker slash Jersey accent that she has. It reminds me of um Marissa Tomei in My Cousin Vinny. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Now that you're you're mentioning it, yeah. Have you seen My Cousin Vinny? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah my, really my, funny. I had movie. One cousin that fucking loved that movie, like watched it all the time. So through proximity. I would catch the second half or the beginning half or whatever so many times. You ever have a family member that would just like find one movie and watch that for like two months before yeah, finding like a new obsession? My mom would do that. Oh. Yeah. 
I I needed to like mix it up. Like I uh, hated same. watching the same movie, even within the same like few months. Unless it's a new movie out in theaters and it's the experience and it's really hype. Sometimes I've seen movies twice that way. Yeah, I think I saw Inception four times in theaters. Oh, geez. Yeah. Uh, uh, Fu- Mad Max Fury Road. Saw that a couple times. The last movie that I went and saw multiple times in theaters was uh, cr- another Christopher Nolan film, Tenet. Right, which- I remember. I liked more than most people did, but uh, it's definitely a flawed film. But I didn't go and see it three times, like, out of an actual desire to see it three times. It's Uh, one of those things where, like, a friend goes and... Yeah, so this was, was, like, August of 2020, so this was, like, balls deep into the uh, pandemic. Uh, Movie theaters had just opened up temporarily. It was when they were still, they were doing that like stop start thing with like opening things and shutting things down. They'd get like really eager to open things back up. So they would, and then they'd be like, oh shit, COVID is spreading again. Who would have thought? And then they would uh, shut everything down again. So uh, this, this was like the brief period of like uh, maybe like two months where uh, movie theaters in uh, our province of residence, British Columbia were actually open in 2020. They shut down, I think, again in like October or something like that. Uh, but so I went and saw Tenet. Uh, I was literally the only person in the theater, which was great. A friend of mine was like, oh, man, I really wanted to go see that. And I'm like, OK, well, I'd, I'd go see it again. Sure. Why not? So we did. And then me and my uh, partner at the time uh, were going to go see another movie. But we went out for dinner first. Then this was like a month later. We went out for dinner first. And our dinner took a really long time. And by the time we got our food, the movie was going to be starting in like 10 or 15 minutes. And we're like, we we, we don't have time. We're like, okay, so what else is playing? And then uh, I look and it's like, oh, in an hour, uh, Tenet is playing. Wanna... And it's literally all that's playing within the next hour or so. Tenet Wanna... it is. Tenet <laughs> it is. So I saw that movie three times in theaters. And I'm like, all right. For I've me, wa- I... I watched it once uh, at home too after that. You've seen it, it more than any other person? <laughs> Uh, a lot of people complain about the the audio mix of that movie, and to be fair, it's not very good. Uh, it was horrible in theaters. It is better on home video. The dialogue is actually much more audible, I will say. Well, there you go. They fixed some things, folks. Go out and watch it. This episode has been sponsored by Tenant. <laughs> this episode sponsored by Warner Brothers. <laughs> Where if you go to the Warner Brothers store and enter coupon code LAZOR, L-A-Z-O-R, you get 15% off your entire purchase, free shipping, and a special gift so sensual we can't even talk about it on this podcast. Can't even talk about it. It's sensual. <laughs> it's probably a cheap keychain. <laughs> with, uh, with Christopher Nolan's face on it, just giving a thumbs up. A stoic face giving a thumbs up. Oh, a stoic face giving a thumbs up. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you seen photos of that man? He never smiles. I guess I never really paid attention. <laughs> yeah. So what what ends up happening here? Um, P, PD's like, oh man, I got I'm teamed up with uh, with um, like Avril Levine, and everyone's <laughs> calling me Stinky Pete. It's not enough that I got um, like uh, Puny Parker, and it's like. Ugh, Wow, this school is not great because he's he's kind of like a um, he's a a compact, sprightly, skinny kind of kind of guy. 
the gist of this episode is they go on this ride along. There's a bank robbery. Peter jumps into his Spider-Man yeah. costume. He swings in. He says something really bizarre to the Shocker. He's like, oh, a bank robbery? Shocker, isn't this a little beneath you? And I'm like, no. This, this is, robbing banks is what the Shocker does. Like, that that's his thing. He Like, he's... He's a he's a goon basically. He's not like a big time supervillain. He's one of my spider favorite Spider-Man villains. Uh, make no mistake, but he's not like like he's not he's not big time. Like he's he's just a petty. He's a crook. Yeah, none of these guys seem to be big time. So I found it weird that Spider-Man was like, "Isn't robbing banks kind of beneath you, Shocker?" And I'm like, "No, no, it isn't." One thing I like about this is I feel like it captures um, Peter Parker shit talking his when he's fighting really well. Right. Oh, and I want to mention the animation style in the show too. It reminds me a lot of the Clerks cartoon. I yeah, I see that um, that everyone is a little bit stylistically shaped different, but not to the extreme of of Clerks or like Clone High or anything like that. More or less, they're human shaped. But yeah, you're right. They do kind of have that that single shaded kind of almost like uh, and like even clerk even, style. Even the way the characters move and like the poses they do is very like clerks. I I don't know. I I almost wonder I if it's it. like if it's like the same like Korean animation studio or something. I, I dig it. Yeah, but I could see that. I could see that the line work too. Yeah. Right. Like it seems like the same artists. Yeah. <laughs> So what happens here? They're they're like fighting Spider-Man and um, Ox kind of like looks at them worriedly and they're holding like money bags because that's the only way you store money, right? Um, and they <laughs> go, we don't have enough time for this. We got to get out of here. Smell you later, Spidey. Eh, have one for the road. And Shocker like, instead of shooting Spider-Man, which you'd think would damage him more, he shoots the ceiling above him and pulls the maximum and... <laughs> <laughs> the old like maximal uh maneuver and like rot like debris falls and, and crushes him for a bit a reference to our beast wars podcast too much energon that's a big move on beast wars uh not actually being able to shoot the enemy but shooting precarious uh rocks or uh mountain debris onto them i i, I believe i dubbed that the budgetary maneuver oh right <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> The maximal maneuver is just hiding behind a rock. It's just hiding behind rocks and the Predacon maneuver shooting from behind uh, rocks. rocks. <laughs> behind rocks. Uh, it happens so often that you're that it it, it it happens in like every episode of that show. Yeah. It's one of those things that you don't even notice too until you're actually like watching it like every week as an adult. That's the thing. Week to week analyzing every episode, it's like, huh. It's a lot of uh similar beats in these episodes, huh? So what's uh what's going on here in, in ye old spectacular Spider-Man? Um Hammerhead is like talking to an art dealer. I, who is this guy? <laughs> do, do you remember this guy? He has like the mask and he's like being like, oh Hammerhead, nice to see you. See oh, this mask here? This is Norman Osborne. Oh, I see it now. Is that he looks like his son Harry? They got the red hair up. Okay, yeah, yeah. I see. Yeah, that, so Hammerhead's that, working that, with him. It was the hairstyle that gave it away for there me. There we that's, go. The, the hairstyle. That's like a trademark, like Norman Osborn hairstyle. And it also makes sense that uh, he's like, oh, so you're looking for more uh, supers, huh? Yeah. Oh, and uh, Tombstone mentions earlier in the episode that the reason why he's making 
more supervillains is because Silvermane is about to be released from prison. And I'm like, why is that a problem? Episode, I, help us out here. Presume I, I, you're I, a I kid get... tuning in for the first time, which is kind of what Lasercomb podcast is about. Right. <laughs> right? Like, if we don't know what's going on, even when the characters explain it to the audience, then... Like you I've didn't read do a good job. <laughs> I've read comics. I know who Silvermane is. I just don't uh, I, I guess maybe he's like a rival like crime boss in this cartoon. I'm getting the gist that kind of like Hammerhead and Tombstone kind of like took over and they're worried about Silvermane and Kingpin. Maybe? Yeah. yeah. Sure. Uh so back at the bank, the uh uh George Stacy and the cops are like uh uh, are exam are treating it as a crime scene as they well should, and uh, I think it's uh, Harry who is like, "Man, this is so cool," and Flash is like, "No, idiot, this is boring. It would have been cool if the bank robbery was going on." And I'm like, "Fair, <laughs> I guess." You don't have to call him an idiot. No, uh, this is boring. Shut up, you fucking nerd. I was hoping that we could shoot some bad guys. So the, uh, the the cops figure out they, uh, I think it's George Stacy uh, pushes aside a like um, uh, a filing cabinet and there's a hole in the wall behind it leading into the uh, dry cleaners next door. They're like, why why would they be going into a dry cleaner? And George Stacy's like, I don't know. Get but they tried to cover their tracks. So get me the owner of the the dry cleaning business, and I. I watched the episode. I'm still, even after watching it, I still wasn't entirely sure like what exactly this had to do with anything. So what it's trying to imply, because as they find out that, oh, there were some things stolen, police uniforms, and then it cuts to them, uh, the three, uh, Ox, uh, the Shocker, and uh, the Rocker and the Spocker, uh, <laughs> in police uniforms with a whole bunch of fake gold bars infiltrating like the federal reserve which is through the police station i guess anyways um i guess all, the bank heist was a cover for them actually stealing police uniforms from the dry cleaners here's the thing do you know what attracts way more police attention Tell robbing me. a bank <laughs> not robbing a dry cleaners robbing a dry cleaners is like th the like, you know, the, the security guard walks by and goes, oh, I guess I have to call the police. And there's like a, a file, like a like a report to fill out. But it's like, haha, we wanted them to think that we were robbing the bank, but actually we were robbing the dry cleaners. And the way we exited the bank through the wall into the dry cleaners next door. And it's like, why didn't you shoot a hole in the back of the dry cleaners? If all, all you wanted to do was rob the the dry cleaners. One thing I wanted to mention was when Hammerhead was meeting Norman Osborne. Uh, Norman Osborne yeah. Um, he has this like, presumably, maybe, maybe not. Um, I, it's symbolic. It's like a mask. And it's like, hey, this is an ancient tribal mask from blah, blah, blah. And it said that like the wearer would slowly take on the personality of the mask. And Hammerhead's like, cool. I'm here to talk about business. And he's like, Okay, well, you know, it, it, maybe it is just a story. And that's a theme with Norman and the Green Goblin and, right, like taking on the mask of being somebody else, right? Uh, but then he does something a, a bit millionaire, a billionaire would never do. 
while in conversation with Hammerhead, Norman goes over with a hammer and nail right to this really expensive, beautiful mantle with all these other artifacts. And he just, he just fucking hammers right into the wall, like a nail. And then he like takes the mask and like puts it on the nail. And I'm like, well, he is insane. Remember that that's kind of his thing is the, uh, the goblin serum drove him nuts. And indeed, that is the most insane thing I've ever seen a homeowner do. You don't just drive a nail in anywhere just to put up a single thing, man. You get you get like fixtures, right? You get the little like hook things. You get the drill and hammer right into the wall. <laughs> Look at this guy. It's like he's a billionaire and he doesn't care. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, yeah, sorry. Uh, we <laughs> I just thought it was really weird. Uh, we cut to what is it there? chilling out in the cop cars yeah oh right right um uh, there's a scene where like peter parker's like hey i'm gonna go get some hey police chief i'm gonna go get some pictures over in that alley like half a block away that's nowhere near the crime scene is that cool and the police chief's like wink wink (laughs) sounds good to me I get Peter Parker. Yeah, I got the impre- not Spider Man. I got the impression that uh, in this show that uh, George Stacy knows that he's Spider Man. Oh, he knows. But here's the thing: Peter thinks he knows, but he isn't sure that he knows because this they're not direct with each other. Uh, when they're in private, they're not like he's not all like, "Oh, hey, like thanks for the whatever." But like he, Peter kind of knows that that he knows. It's kind of just unspoken, right? Yeah, and I got the vibe from that, and I kind of liked that. Uh, and indeed, to uh, cover his tracks, his absence, uh, Parker like web slate, like glues um, his um, digital his ca- camera. Yeah, he, he onto he, a van. He, yeah, he webs his uh, his camera onto, and then the puts the pictures on an interval. Yeah, all right, like maybe every minute or thirty seconds or something. And it's like, that's weird. The focus is really bad. And you're standing in the exact same spot for half an hour. Hmm. <laughs> uh, Seems legit. Legitimate journalism. But what's happening here? Um, those three uh, cool kids, um, the, the rocker, the shocker, and the showstopper, uh, they, <laughs> they, um, they like infiltrate the federal, federal reserve and like turn off the alarm. And they're imitating police. And um, uh, the fake gold bars that they were wheeling in, haha, ha, have their costumes their, underneath, and their costumes underneath. Spider Man shows up, like ricochet sonic spinballs through, uh, attacking him in an elevator shaft. In an elevator shaft, that that was decent. Yeah. Um, as they're tackling each other and that kind of thing, um, Peter says, "Hey, like, as they're slamming around, like." Um, give me the uh, the number of your tailor. That shock absorbing, like suit, seems like it could be really useful. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if you think about the forces that um, uh, Ricochet is going through, you'd either have a headache or hurt yourself. But again, that's part of his power set. It's kind of like how super strength always kind of includes super endurance to some extent. Because you see people with super strength like punch through like a metal wall, but they never lacerate their arm completely. Right. It's like one of those because he can bounce around his reaction speed and his endurance and everything is also the power set to be able to withstand that better. I was talking to a guy at a comic book store once, and this was a guy who worked there. 
and they were talking about the power of flight, having the the superpower of flight. He, him and another and another customer were talking about it, and I'm like, well, if you have the power of flight, you would need probably need uh, super endurance and super strength as well. And they're like, why? And I'm like, well, because uh, like flying, I imagine like if you have the ability to fly, it would be physically taxing on you. And they're like, huh idiot it's not like you're like flapping your arms around or anything and i'm like i'm like it was just an idea Shut i'm like up, i'm nerds. like it was i'm like it was just a thought like you're you weren't arguing with them you were like well i thought of maybe i'm like presumably though like whatever part of your body is like creating the force to like actually like lift you into the air like whatever it whatever like muscles or like whatever energy is being released from you i would think it would be physically it would get tiring after a while unless you have like super strength unless it was kind of like a a magical or a mental um a power right it still probably costs energy but it's not a physical exertion but yeah. the thing is you were bringing up an idea you weren't like <laughs> hey idiots check it your arms would be fucking jacked if you had super flight like you were just kind of doing a thought experiment, it sounds like. Yeah, I was just, like, throwing out an idea there, and they did that, like, typical, like, you know, fat nerd in a comic book store thing of being like... <laughs> Actually, idiot. You're, you are so fucking stupid for having that thought, because... <laughs> but also, everybody with super, like, with, with flight in comics is fucking jacked. And generally has super strength, and <laughs> right? Like, or so, they're a wizard, and it's done through magic. Yeah, right? like uh, Doctor Strange. Yeah, <laughs> or an artifact, like a, like a cloak or um, um, Aladdin's like magic carpet, like this uh, Iron Man suit. There, there's something going on there. So it's not that's not ridiculous to me at all. No, I I thought it was a reasonable. Uh, a and reasonable that's in the same vein. Like everyone raise, with but... super strength has some level of super endurance. Otherwise, they punch through like a wall and be like, "Oh, I just broke my wrist." Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. So, I mean, that makes sense to me. Also, um, you said something about some level of super endurance. If they're flying in the skyline and they're fi flying quickly, the the wind speed would be freezing. And their yeah. eyes, they would need goggles or their eyes would freeze. Not to mention the uh, uh, pressure the wind would be putting on your body, especially oh, if you're too. flying. Especially really if you're holding your hands in front of you. <laughs> <laughs> It'd probably be easier to go feet first. <laughs> would that be... <laughs> <laughs> I just imagine someone like flying across the uh the sky with their going feet first with their arms like back behind their head just being like because chilling it's out dude your, it's easier on your eyes and your legs are stronger than your arms when it comes to um like weight that it can withstand uh, because that, you're yeah, you're walking on them so I just pictured like a superhero or like a, a neutral kind of like like villain or something like that no cape or anything or maybe the cape's going behind them but yeah they're like on their back like feet are crossed just like going feet first and being like <laughs> out of the way bitches uh he he like sails across the sky past like a like fucking tom cruise in a fighter jet and he just like looks over at him and does just like looks over at him and pulls one hand from behind uh his head and is like thumbs up Hey. hey! And then just keeps going and goes past him. <laughs> Tom Cruise in a fighter jet. 
Hey, the he's fucking done... cape is going. <laughs> the cape because... is like. Yeah, because the cape would be above him because he's yeah. going feet first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he, wear... <laughs> he wears a cape anyway. <laughs> Because it's either that or, and you know what, maybe in this, um, in this OC that we've invented, people are like, why do you do that? And he's like, man, like, like, unless you have like your spite, like Superman and you have like super endurance, like one, it's really fucking cold. And two, um, I break the wind easier by going like feet first, like, or it's either that or wear a helmet or use goggles. And who wants to do that? Ew, not Mysterio. (laughs) Oh, gross. I'm good looking. Good looking superheroes don't need to hide their don't need to wear a mask. No, they they all they have to do is just put glasses on when they're not when they're in their secret identity. Everybody knows the better looking you are, the less you need to disguise your your secret identity. (laughs) Because that's how that works, right? Like Wonder Woman, she just like puts on like normal clothes. And she's just she just another broad in the street. You know, until she like, you know, like blocks a car uh, <laughs> crash. So what happens in the rest of the episode? They fight. Spider Man stops him, stops them. That it's kind of the gist of what uh, the rest of the episode. And uh, at the end of the episode, they, they try to get away with a train that's underground. Yeah, and a- at the end of the episode, uh, Flash and uh, oh, there's this one uh, part where um, the um, uh, my cousin Marissa Tomei. Uh, says to uh to peter that he like contaminated the dating lines or something like that by like dating a cool chick and yeah and now the because he dated a cool chick the cool girls are dating like geeky guys the geeky and, like, girls flash. are dating the cool guys yeah i i, I just I, I thought it was a weird weird because flash is going thing. after a, a nerd uh, I don't even remember who it was. A girl with glasses. Uh, I is that the she... beginning of the episode? He's like, "Hey, want to see the winning pass?" And she's like, uh, "No." <laughs> I, I think it's I think it's Liz Allen. Yes. Yeah. 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 Uh, and uh, anyway, so at the end of the episode, uh, oh, and and Harry was juicing. Yeah, yeah. That's the end of the episode. Flash is uh, Harry. Flash is like bitching that like Harry uh, went away and like abandoned the team because apparently Harry was on on the football team with him. Yeah, I guess he was on the football team, and for some dumb reason, Harry admitted to Flash because yeah. Flash was like, "Hey, dummy, you you weren't there for like the championship game." Yeah, you just went on some vacation in Europe with your with mom. your mom, you fucking and- loser. And he's like, "Actually, I was in rehab because I was juicing the green gobbledygook." Yeah, the the green. I was juicing goblin serum, and Flash is like, "Wait, you were you were fucking juicing, man? Like, don't tell anyone because that'll like uh, that we'll will have... make the matches during the the preliminaries um, invalid, and we'll lose I, the championship. We'll lose the championship, and I will have like broken my leg or whatever's wrong with him for nothing. Oh, he busted a knee during it, and he's using um." He's uh, using a, a cane, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so interesting kind of character. Like, I actually think that's interesting story. Yeah. Uh, then, but what ends up happening here? He ends up, and then it, uh, they. I think the episode ends with Harry in his bedroom, and like, there's like a silhouette of a goblin, or like a shadow. And of he a goblin. like moves the um a carpet, and there's a secret like compartment in in the floor. Right. And he's he's got he's he's juicing. He's thinking of juicing again. 
Yeah. He, back when he used to be somebody. <laughs> yeah, because Flash like kind of pushed him around earlier, and I, I would assume that made him feel like kind of inadequate because, uh, well, he wouldn't have been able to get away with that if I was on that goblin serum, damn it. But, uh, or it's, well, here's, here's why that happens. Uh, before it shows him kind of looking at his goblin, green gobbledygook, um, gobliny gook, uh, he, <laughs> Flash ends up telling the, the greater authorities that Harry was juicing. Right. And I guess just word of mouth is enough to prove it because it makes a big show of like some official guy opening like this big glass display case and moving this oversized trophy. It's like seven feet tall. It looks like it should weigh 500 pounds, moving the trophy away and being like, well, you guys lost it. And the whole team is there. And they're like, thanks a lot, Harry, you fucking loser. Better watch your back, bitch. Yeah. People are like, like, why did you? Like, why did you tell, you fucking nerd? And Flash is like, actually, I did. I couldn't live with the guilt. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah. And um, I'm like, is it? Or are you sabotaging Harry? (laughs) And indeed, the girl with the glasses that he's been trying to hit on. um, Liz. Liz. uh, She comes over and she's like, I thought that what you did actually took a lot of courage and uh, we should get coffee. And I'm like, I guess that's all it takes to get the, the nerdy girl, folks. Uh, tensity, integrity, and intelligence. Yeah. So um, Flash is going on a date with with Liz. I, good, good for you. Well, 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 well done, I guess, Flash. Well done. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was uh, episode 39 of uh, the Laser Cone Podcast, where we were talking about episode 22 of the Spectacular Spider Man. Uh, Cal, you just caught a random episode of the Spectacular Spider-Man. Would you would you be willing to tune in next week? Uh, you know what? I actually did like this. Uh, I would. This is the first and only episode of the Spectacular Spider-Man that I've seen. And as the episode went along, I ended up liking the teenager interactions and the drama there. And the, the villainous stuff, though, was kind of eh. Like it... I don't don't give a fuck, (laughs) right? But um, I liked all the other stuff, oddly enough, and I like this Peter. So yeah, I would. Uh, Fair enough. What about yourself? Uh, uh, I would not. I Mm. actually found this quite boring, to be honest. (laughs) I like the We yada yada the heist because it's so boring. Yeah. There's a train underground when there shouldn't be right next to the Federal Federal Reserve. And by the way, the biggest, like the world, there's more gold bars in this like room than there are humans on Earth. Like 20 (laughs) foot tie, like, and indeed the the comical, because as Spider Man stopping them and they're trying to get away, they're just kind of holding like one or two gold bars each. Like their heist was was thwarted entirely. (laughs) Yeah. So, no, not going to. Not going to tune in next week. Um, well, there you have it, folks. Well, there you have it. <laughs> uh, best way to support the show, go to patreon.com slash lasercomb, L-A-Z-O-R-C-O-M-B, where at the $10 tier, you can pick a show for us to do what we just did, review That's a random right. episode. Uh, you get to pick the show. There are some limitations, but, uh, well, if you're a patron, I'll explain them to you uh, before I ask for your submission. So, and you also get a bunch of other stuff like preamble audio, our uh, our new a news show that we do periodically, commentary tracks, the whole shebang. So, Patreon.com/slash/lasercomb. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash/lasercomb, or you can follow me on Twitter at lasercomb. Cal, you are at 
And I am at NeoCal, N-E-O underscore K-A-L. Uh, we'll be back real soon with the uh, final installment of Spider Month on this podcast, where we're going, right. to, we're going to be talking about the 1970s live action Japanese Spider-Man show. And so to figure out what uh, what episode we're going to review of that, uh, by the way, it's uh, available. Uh, it, every episode is available for free to watch on YouTube. And this show that we just watched is available to watch on Netflix, at least in Canada. Hmm. Uh, which is where I watched it. I, I'm. I watched it on. Oh, yeah. We usually make a point of finding where we watch it. It was just just Daily Motion. I just like Googled it, and I was like, "Oh, Daily Motion oh. still exists. Cool." <laughs> Today I learned. Yeah. Uh, so as always, we're gonna go to the old trusty random number generator. I believe the Japanese Spider-Man has forty-one episodes. Yep, forty-one. Ran from seventy-eight to seventy-nine. So one random nice. episode between one and forty-one, and here we go. Thirteen. Lucky number thirteen. The luckiest of numbers. Uh, the Skull Group versus the Devilish Hearse. Amazing. <laughs> uh, I hope right. that's exactly what it sounds like. I, I I'm sure it is. Episode 17 is called Pro Wrestler Samson's Tears. <laughs> huh. uh, so we'll be back real soon with that and keep an eye out for it. And until then, I've been the Siege, one of your hosts. And I'm NeoCal. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time. Bye. Yeah. Take that, Dr. Octopus. Thwip. 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 Thwip, yeah. That's what they killed me in college, the thwipper. <laughs> 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 <laughs>